0: Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. My guest, the daughter of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, saw firsthand how the Word of God triggers healing and miracles. She says she had a great foundation. Then God began adding the supernatural. Next. Sid Roth has spent over 40 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Welcome, Holy Spirit. You are so welcome in this place. We're so glad your presence is here and all things are possible in the presence of God. My guest, Kelly Copeland, the daughter of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, had a front row seat observing Word of Faith teaching. Kelly wasn't satisfied. She knew there had to be even more. Kelly, tell me what your life was like at home.
1: My parents, I just have to just praise and bless God for putting me in their household because I grew up with such a foundation of the Word, of faith in His Word, the integrity said of the Word of God, that if His Word says it, then we shape our life like that, we live like that, we breathe like that, and then we receive what He said about us by faith, and then put that in our mouth.
0: You have no idea how blessed you are, (laughs) because I, I had to be 30 before I even knew who Jesus was. And, but most Christians, They don't have a foundation like that
1: it it gave me such a firm foundation of my identity in Christ my identity in him my you know because this is whatever this says is who we are well that that gave me and and you asked me about my parents we lived his word breathed his word there's nothing
0: else give me one example do you remember as a young person at home Uh, that really impressed you as a young person.
1: Well, you know, when your kids ask you for something and it's a little out of the price range, it's a little out of the budget. You know, I remember I wanted a boat. So my dad said, you guys need to believe God for that. I was six. My brother was four. We wrote out some indiscernible agreement with God and stuck it on the (laughs) fridge because dad said, that's your faith project. And then I wanted a horse. He's like, well he didn't say no we don't have a place to keep it and my point is that he never said no it didn't matter what the budget was that's a great faith project we will agree with you and when we would set our faith find a scripture we'd have to find a scripture we'd write it out Heavenly Father we believe we receive a boat uh, the perfect boat and so two weeks went by and this man, and he didn't have it. It wasn't like he was out telling people that. Nobody knew that but our little family. Nobody even barely knew who he was. But this man called and he said, Brother Copeland, I'm so sorry. I, I, God's been on me for two weeks to give you my fishing boat. <laughs> so this man gave us his fishing boat. But then this, a few days later, this other man calls. And he said, Brother Copeland, God's been on me about giving you my cabin cruiser, little lake cabin cruiser. Now I'm six, my brother's four. And Dad was like, Lord, two boats? And the Lord (laughs) said, go look at their agreement. And so it said, the perfect boat. And so my dad said to us, what were you thinking? What is the perfect boat? We want you out on the lake. Um, so nobody can find you. We want to spend the night out there. We want to ski. We want to fish. And we want to do this. And the Lord told him, that took two boats. <laughs> but I, that's just how I thought Well, life was. And it really is that simple. We mess it up. But um, that was my life.
0: But you have to stay like a little child. You do. Even as you become an adult in your belief in God's goodness. But that's hard when you become adult. When yeah. you start
1: getting hit you, you smacked
0: went, you went through a whole <laughs> lot of traumas and trials in your life
1: I did but I I kept and I have always kept that surety maybe because the word is so firm in my life I think I've gained so much about the spirit and his presence and his comfort and his love and some of those things that I didn't have in my emotional space but the authority that i had knowing the word if people you know if you are not sure about what god has for you or what he bought and paid for for you dig into his written word and get that it's really legal it becomes so legal like that's mine <laughs> and so i had been through you know divorce um And it kind of hit me really sideways because nobody ever had been ugly to me. I just had this great life where my prayers get answered and my things I stick on the fridge get done. But you you said something when you said, I I wanted more. If I could be honest with you, said I didn't know, I didn't think about there being more. I mean, if you said, do you have all of God? Is there more? Everybody would say, of course there's more. But how, how we behave how we are hungry or not hungry for more it's more about how we're behaving than what we think we know I, I tell you when I thought there must be more it's when I was laying face down trauma hurt in the middle of a divorce I knew I had to have more uh, when all my prayers were answered and things were great I didn't really think about more, but I cried out to the Lord, said, and I just said, I remember just, I'm bawling, because I was so hurt. And I said, I think there's something wrong with my soul, something in my emotions or something, and I don't know anything about that, because my life of faith made me strong, especially I think in my mind and my will. My mind was set on the Word. I think that made my will strong. And my emotions were, in an effort to just believe this and not be led by emotions, I would just push my emotions aside and just say, no, I'm living this. And that did work for many years. He will show us. And of course there's something wrong with us because we don't have it all. And like a little child He looked me in the eyes. I'm going to look at you like that. He said, I'm going to send you people to listen to. (laughs) I felt like a kindergartner. And I need you to listen to them not for what they don't know that you know. I need you to listen to them for what they know that you don't know. And when he said it, Sid, I thought, that seems so obvious. How are we ever going to learn anything if we're not willing to hear something we don't already know? And so he did that. He started sending me people. I started listening to you. I started listening to this person, this person, this person. And it it would repair the places of error because it was something I didn't know. And it would get rid of the lie that the enemy had planted, and it began to make me stronger and stronger. And that's how I saw what God was doing, too. He began to show me the strategy of bringing the groups of the body of Christ together. Sid, I saw it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That is the chapter where it talks about receiving from each other the gifts. Everything in you, I receive. You've already changed my life. And then chapter 13 is about giving to each other of what's in your gift. And that is how we will come to the place where Satan has no foothold in us.
0: What did you learn? What was the first step to get rid of these uh, emotions that were crippled?
1: A lot of the things I could talk about now, I look back and see what God did, and He's taught me about the soul. So, but He did tell me, He said, you have given Satan real estate. That made me mad. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Those lies. The lies in our soul, not our spirit. Our spirit is renewed, but our mind, we know it has to be transformed. We, by the renewing of our mind, our insides are transformed. Our life is transformed. So when he said that, I realized there were lies planted. And the, the root lie, the abandonment, I was not even three years old. And, not, and that's a long kind of story, but we were in a car wreck. And that the Lord had to show me as an adult, in all of this trouble... He showed me where that abandonment had come in during that car wreck, and my family almost died. But, God, but it looked like I was okay. But Satan had told me a lie that I was abandoned. So all the behaviors of that went with me into adulthood, even though I wasn't. So that's the way our
0: emotions. So work. you were, you were, you were helped with the word of God, but you were sabotaged through your emotions, is that the right way That's to right, say? they're
1: immature. We all have a place, I believe, this is what God is refining right now. We have this place where we don't know something, and that's where Satan is going to come in at you. He wasn't coming at me where I knew. He wasn't coming at me where I was strong. And God didn't make me weak. He just didn't give me all the... I don't have everything of him operating in my life. All the truth about Jesus is vast. In those weak places he's here to restore remove stuff like the sycamine tree he said they were talking about bitterness and unforgiveness and they said say to the sycamine tree be plucked up and that's what he showed me that day when he when i saw that about the abandonment was in a service when he literally talked to my heart and he said that's where my dad was telling the story of the wreck and he said that's where abandonment came in Hmm. and so i in that moment I I didn't know what I was doing until later. I looked back on it, and God taught me that we can do this. I said, that's a lie. And I said, abandonment? I speak to you, and I command that lie to be gone, like the plucking up. But then the Word talks about when you say, say to the mountain, be removed. You have to put the Word in there. So the Lord showed me, and what I did that day, and the Lord showed me later, was I began to speak the Word. That's not the truth. The abandonment is not true. The truth is, I do have a good earthly father who would never abandon me, but and he never did, but I have a heavenly father who would never abandon me. So, so when we put the you, truth in that hole— if you
0: had an earthly father that would have or did abandon you, the truth is yes. higher than the earthly father. It's your heavenly father.
1: But those, those, those things, those are the, those lies are the things that create double-mindedness that the Bible talks about. We want this, our conscious mind is believing this, but somewhere in there it's saying God has abandoned you or you're abandoned or you're not loved. So when we remove that and we put the truth in there, it goes down as deep and as far back as that origin lie does. But in that moment... God let me see that I had space that was taken up in my emotions with something that was not from Him. And He began to deliver me. And when He removed the abandonment and things out of my life, I had more room for Him. So it wasn't just that I got rid of the, what was of Satan in my emotions, but He filled that space. He filled that up with Himself. I really think that is a supernatural process, but I met the supernatural when he began waking me up. I mean, the fact that he said that he would talk to us personally, that's so supernatural.
0: When we return, Kelly will explain how the Messiah began waking her with messages that drew her into intimate relationship with God. Be right back.
1: I started in my Christian life with these words. But you know, these words should lead to these words. Growing up as the daughter of Kenneth and Gloria Copeland, I grew up in the Word. My parents stood on the shoulders of Oral Roberts and Kenneth Hagans. And they learned and they grew and they began to teach people to walk and live by faith in God's Word. I've watched them live that out. And that was such a powerful thing as a child. You know, it just was how you think. You just think, trust God. You just think, If you have a need or if you have even a desire, you go to the Lord for it. So I grew up trusting in the Lord, looking to Him for everything. He was everything to me. But there came this part of my life where I cried out because I knew I needed more more than my household that I'd grown up in or everything that I had learned, which was great. There were places in my heart that I didn't know where Satan had planted trauma. Over the years, I had trouble in relationships. Married right out of high school and quickly divorced, and then married, and then divorced, and then married, you know, in many circles, that just disqualifies you from walking and living with the Lord or being called to ministry. That is a lie. When you have trouble and pain, you have an opportunity for Jesus to meet you at a deeper place than you have ever known him. And I've been through a lot of hard things in my life, but he's so faithful. And every time the enemy would come, Jesus would meet me there, and I'd get stronger in my life people have seen more of jesus on my life in my pain i think than they ever did when my life was presented like i had no problems maybe you've got stuff in your life and you don't even know the source of it but this things aren't working your faith isn't working your life isn't working open your heart you're going to hear his voice he met me in the place of fault like san andreas where everything looks great on the surface. This was my life. Everything looked awesome on the surface. But then this shift down in my mind, will, and emotions, particularly my emotions, and everything on the surface tore up. But in that place, I met Him like I never had known Him in that broken place.
0: We now return to It's Supernatural. <laughs> what caused the... I think he's speaking to me to really feeling you're hearing clearly. Was there anything that triggered that?
1: Well, just a hunger. Like, I I had always wanted to be that person who would get up early and have the hour. My mom was like that. Her, I mean, she'd get up. No matter what time she had to get up, she was up an hour early to be with the Lord. And I always wanted to be that person. And I would just not, like have it in me sometimes. You know, lots of, I had four kids at home, little kids all at the same time. And so as I grew older and in this time of hurting that the Lord was sharing, changing me and changing me from the inside out, I just wanted to spend time with them. But I just to be honest, it, I wasn't making the quality decision. My dad talks about a quality decision that you make it and you don't turn back from it. I love that, but it was not in me in the moment. And so I just gave the Lord this very weak invitation, and he took it. And I said, Lord, I have to get up at 6. So I'd set my clock for 6, not earlier. I'd say, I have to get up at 6, but you can wake me up earlier if you want to. And I just started saying that. Two weeks I said that. And after two weeks he woke me up and I had been hearing knocking at the door I'd get up and go to the door nobody was there I would go back to bed in the middle of the night I'd hear knocking and on about the fourth time I was like that's you I felt like Samuel (laughs) that's you you are literally knocking on the door of the church I guess it was like revelation was happening to me
0: tell me a few things when he woke you up what he said
1: well that one day I went in there, and I was concerned over something that was coming up and just uh, been talking to him about that, but I still had this reservation and some fear in me about a situation. And he started talking to me about that. I got up that morning, I went into the living room, and I sat down, and I got my piece, my journal and paper, I never pen. I'd never really done this kind of journaling, but he was talking to me so quickly, so, like... I, it was stern but loving and factual and, like, very tutorial almost, and but yet inviting, and he started talking to me about the throne room. And it was long, and I put these conversations that I had with him because I wrote them down, and then I wrote what I said down, and I put some of those in this book, and I had to divide it into three. I thought it was a lot. He talked to me about that I had not been in the court inner court, He said, you've been in the outer court, and he talked to me about why. He said, then he said, I will invite you. You will not go into the uh, Father's presence, into the throne room, but with me but I will lead you in there," and he said, and I will share with you the protocol of the court. It's always love. He talked to me about the throne room. He he talked to me about the trip that I was supposed to make, that I was concerned about. He gave me the words of mission. He said, I want you to go on my behalf. I no longer had fear about it. So he talked to me about strategy. He talked to me about me. He talked to me about my identity And I can even look back on that now and see more. There was so much in there he was prophesying and telling me. I didn't understand. I just knew I was shaking by the time he got done um, with that encounter, and it made me want to come back. And so my encounters, I call them encounters, um, with him— got the days between got shorter and shorter where I just had to go back and I had to go back and I had to hear from him. And then one day I was saying, Lord, I'm so sorry that I have not been with you this week. He goes, are you kidding? We've talked all day, every day. I just wasn't sitting on my couch anymore. It had become, his presence with me had become just so natural that I even said, excuse me, in the house by myself when I sneezed.
0: It's, it seems so simple what you're so saying. simple. Most people would say, well, that never happened to me. Am I Swiss cheese? <laughs> get, 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 look in the camera and give them some advice so it will happen to well, them.
1: You heard how wimpy my invitation to him was. You give him a little crack. And you know, honestly, I guess I really, my heart cracked open as I was hitting the floor in my trauma. but. Those weak places that we like to hide from God are the very open doors that he can come into our heart and come into our life and fill us with himself, removing the garbage out of our mind, will, and emotions that are there. And it just it's just a crack that he needs. It's just a moment of, I need more. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to see you. I'm ready for you to heal me. I do believe, um, Sid, that we are... In that time of the Bible calls it shaking, um, Jesus told Peter, Satan's tried to trying to sift you. So I see it as such a dual thing. Like Satan wants us, well, Satan wants to, us to think he's got us in a wilderness time we can't get out of. There's a sifting that Satan wants to do in our life. He wants to shake us up. He wants to mess us up. But on the other hand, God is shaking us, shaking loose from everything that's not Him. He is uh, sifting what's of the enemy out of us. So my point in all that is we just need to get our eyes on him and what he's doing and get our eyes off of what we see the enemy is doing and let him take us into that wilderness. He wants us in a wilderness not to be hurt. He wants us to talk. He wants to talk to us in the wilderness. If you look at all the places of wilderness in the Bible, like, Jesus went in the wilderness, the children of Israel went in the wilderness, Hosea, and Hosea, that's a huge part of the wilderness, to talk to them. And that, can I talk about that? that? Please. I want to just read that scripture to you because it says, Therefore, behold, this is Hosea, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, and speak kindly to her. If that doesn't describe what he did for me. And he says, it's so simple. He's making the invitation. He's alluring you right now. And it says, um, I will then return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. That's on him, not me.
0: There are people watching right now that are smiling on the outside and crying Mm -hmm. on the inside. First thing you have to do, very first, is have your own experience with God, not Kelly's, not mine, not my guest. your own experience with God. He loves you as much as any guest you've ever seen on my show or any other, as anyone that's ever lived. I want you to repeat out loud this prayer and mean it to the best of your ability. Dear God, Dear God. I've made many mistakes in my life.
1: I've made many mistakes in my life
0: for which I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
1: God, I in Jesus name.
0: God, I command in Jesus' name the fear that has come into my life. As of this second, it goes in, it goes in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. I, ask you, Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to live inside of me. To live inside of me be my Savior and my Lord Lord. I love you Lord Lord. give me my own experience with you amen Kelly there's so much that God has put into you so much you can help people with I want you to pray for the people watching that are hurting like you hurt to be as healed as you are going through right now.
1: Well, right now, I just want you to position yourself for that. Our positioning for Him to minister to us and heal us is not one of begging. It's not one of striving. It's one of simplicity. That place of the wilderness, it just means—that word wilderness even means a place to feed your flocks, like a pasture. So I want you to just lay down. Like th- There's such a fire on me right now. There's such a fire on in your room right now. And and that fire of God is just like you can sense His presence right now. And I want you to just kind of lay down on the inside <laughs> and just say, all right, Jesus, you are my shepherd. Be my shepherd. Lord, I just thank you for the people right now that are ready to lay down everything they are at your feet everything they are good at everything they're not good at everything they have going on that's wonderful in their life and every place of hurting or shame or trauma or disappointment all of that sickness lack we just lay it at your feet right now and we invite you to speak to us we invite you to shepherd us we invite you and we give you as you said in in the beginning of your ministry on earth. And then in Revelation, you made it clear, if any have ears to hear, let him hear. We receive your words and we give you a hearing ear. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. Just pray this with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking my life and life and and shepherding me unto life in you. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever heard knocking? If you've been hearing knocking, he's calling your name. He's trying to wake you up. And he woke me up to the reality of a relationship with him that was not just based on Scripture, but based on he's my shepherd and being shepherded is everything being led you were made to hear from him he is our perfect messenger from the father so what is it for us is just to present him an ear to hear you know in that time for me um, I didn't know what I needed it got harder to hear get prayers answered and it seemed like I was shook by this and shook by that and I believe that you could say the same thing. And I've written a book about what He wanted to say to you. There's prompts in here for you to open up your heart because opening your heart to Him is the open door for Him to come in and talk to you. Opening my heart up to hear Him talk about me, you just get freer and freer, and people begin to see Him on your life unless how good you're managing your faith walk. The body of Christ has spent thousands of years digging down into the things of the Lord. He's bringing us together. We have to make room for more. That's why we have to look at Him to know who we are today. And as we converge the messages of the Word and the Spirit, it's like converging our identity of who He is in us and who we are in Him. This is something that the world has never seen. This is the greater glory that is literally being unveiled in the earth is first being unveiled in us.